I think it's fair to say that when we look at the entire body of work for South Carolina's defense in 2023, changes have got to be made. But the question is, what kind of changes need to take place? You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation. Happy Tuesday morning and afternoon, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team, both faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. While South Carolina's defense has obviously made some improvements over the past couple of weeks, When we look at the entire 2023 season, I think that it is pretty fair to say that South Carolina, they have got to make some changes on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm not going to call for any coaches' heads. I'm not going to say that certain people need to be fired. Today, I want to specifically talk about whether or not it is a talent or a scheme issue, and then what they need to do to try to correct those issues moving forward. And in terms of where the main issue lies with South Carolina's defense, I do not think that the Gamecocks' defensive issues are related to talent and depth for the most part. I think the main issue is South Carolina's defensive scheme. When you look at South Carolina's talent that they do have on the defensive side of the ball, based on what 24-7 Sports has in their database, South Carolina has 15 blue chippers, or four stars or better, on their defense. That ranks 10th in the SEC, so certainly not necessarily all the way at the top or in the upper echelon, but kind of like at the lower end of the middle of the pack in this conference. Now, South Carolina ranks ahead of Vanderbilt, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss in this respective category, but... South Carolina, in terms of total defense, only ranks ahead of Vanderbilt out of the group that I just mentioned. As a matter of fact, they have the third worst mark in the SEC when it comes to total defense, and that mark also ranks 93rd nationally. So, my overall point here is that South Carolina, they've got some guys on this defense. Sure, they need to increase the depth that they have out the outside corner spots, at the nickel corner spot, and you could probably also argue the defensive end position as well. Although I think they have numbers, certainly those guys lack experience. So what is the main issue? Well, the main issue, in my opinion, it is the scheme. What is exactly wrong with this 4-2-5 defense? This 4-2-5 defense, the thing I do not like about this scheme for South Carolina is I just don't think that it utilizes the skill sets of a decent portion of this defensive unit. I think that for South Carolina, especially when you look at the linebackers, 
These guys just do not fit this scheme. I think that this is a scheme that mainly is predicated on the play of their defensive line. Guys like Jatias Gear, Desmond Omeo Zulu, Brian Thomas Jr., Alex Boogie Huntley, TJ Sanders, Tonka Hemingway, all of those guys plus a couple of others that are either on the roster right now or will be joining the team in 2024 as of this moment in time, those guys fit a 4-2-5 defense. But the thing is, outside of maybe Grayson Pup Howard, who's currently on the roster, I don't think that there's any linebacker in particular that fits a 4-2-5 defense. The other problem that I see with this defensive scheme as of right now that could pop up in the future is South Carolina. They have recruited certain positions quite well. And when we talk about recruiting for this program, the first positions that are thrown out there, for good reason, are offensive line and quarterback. Defensively speaking, South Carolina has recruited quite well at the safety position. They've been stacking talent there for the past several cycles, continuing to do so. And they've done the same thing at the linebacker position. You're really starting to see that room get flipped as well. But defensive tackle recruiting has not exactly been up to snuff. And again, I don't mean that in offense to the younger guys that are currently on this football team. Who knows? Those guys could end up developing over time, and they could have wind up surprising me. But i got to be honest with y'all, I just don't see it. And when you look at star rankings, and I know that you might have some people say stars don't matter, over time, it does bear out more often than not that the teams with the most talent, they're going to be the teams that win more often than not put themselves in a position where they can make a conference championship game, where in the future, they can make a 12-team college football playoff. South Carolina, I don't think that they've recruited well enough at that spot right now. And the problem they're going to run into very soon is they're going to lose a lot of these veterans on their defensive line. So, Tonka Hemingway and Nick Barrett, both of these guys can come back for the 2024 season. But after that season, their eligibility will be completely exhausted. Alex Boogie Huntley, he still has two years remaining of eligibility after the 2023 season, along with TJ Sanders. So, we could say both those guys stick around through 2025. But all four of those players, no matter what, will be gone after the 2025 season and South Carolina's of right now, they just don't have any obvious successors along the interior defensive line. So, if scheme is the problem for South Carolina, what could they do in terms of changing their scheme? What scheme would fit this personnel group the best starting in 2024 and beyond? I'm going to touch on a couple potential choices for Shane Beamer and this staff in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, you and I, we both spend a lot of time talking together, whether it's about wins and losses or maybe who's starting and who's sitting on the bench. I am thankful for the connection that I have with each and every one of you. But today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal because I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications from Jace Medical. You know what that means? Extended travel, supply chain issues, natural disasters, as bad as those are, those will not stop you from being covered when it comes to your prescriptions. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. That is possible because of our friends at Jace 
Medical. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, I really appreciate each and every one of you everydayers who make us your first watch on YouTube or your first listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily. Now, in terms of trying to change the scheme for South Carolina's defense beginning in 2024, there's a couple different paths that head coach Shane Beamer can take. So let's start off with a formation that South Carolina has begun using recently on that side of the ball, and that is the 3-3-5 defense. Now, for the purposes of this discussion, I'm not going to talk about how the secondary would factor in. I'm mainly going to focus on the defensive front for South Carolina. So for the 3-3-5, South Carolina, the thing that's good about this formation is, one, This defense is already becoming more and more familiar with this formation by the week. They've been using it a lot more since the Texas A&M game just a few weeks ago. So this would not be completely foreign to some of these guys currently on the roster. The other thing that's good is you would actually have some linebackers that would fit this kind of defensive formation perfectly if this became your base defense. So guys like Stone Blanton and Depot Williams, maybe guys that quite frankly, are not the best fit for a 4-2-5 linebacker position. They will fit in to a 3-3-5 defense much better. That would be much better suited for their skill sets as north-south linebackers that mainly help out in rush defense. And the other good thing about this defensive formation, this base defense, would be the fact that South Carolina, they could keep five defensive backs on the football field. And the Gamecocks, as I mentioned earlier, they've got a surplus of talent at that safety spot. And there's a lot of 3-3-5 defenses out there that utilize three safeties, including one of them being sort of called a star safety. What that means is basically you could fill in both a deep safety role, but also a middle linebacker role. So it's essentially a hybrid safety linebacker position. Gamecock fans might also affectionately know that position as the spur position from Ellis Johnson's 4-2-5 defense that he ran many moons ago here in Columbia. So there are certainly some positives to take away from running a 3-3-5 defense. Now, there are also a couple potential drawbacks or negatives with running this base defense. The first one and the main one that sticks out to me the most is if you transition from a 4-2-5 to a 3-3-5 defense, you would be sacrificing a little bit in pass rush because for South Carolina, you're going to have three defensive linemen that are going to struggle to really make that big of an impact in pass rush because they're no longer going to be in one-on-one situations. The defensive ends in a 3-3-5 Usually, they're going to be lined up as four eyes on the interior of the offensive tackle. So, offensive guards, they could certainly go out and sort of give you a little jab with their outside hand, and they can help provide a bit of extra resistance to those defensive ends. If you're the nose tackle, you're lining up pretty much head-to-head over the center. And again, you've got the center right there, and then you've got the two guards on either side of the center. So, nose tackles are most certainly... More often than not, they're not going to make that big of an impact in the 3-3-5 in pass rush. 
And so with a 3-3-5, you have to get a bit creative with maybe some simulated pressures or blitzes. And it's just a bit awkward, quite frankly, in my opinion, when trying to conjure up different pass rushing stunts and twists and all that. You can do that if you have a supplementary 3-3-5 formation, basically having it as a secondary formation like South Carolina has been using it recently. But it would not be conventional, in my opinion, to use that as your base defense all the time. And the other thing is, where are you going to put a guy like Dylan Stewart? Dylan Stewart is obviously, as of right now, the crown jewel of this 2024 class for South Carolina. Five-star at a premium position as an edge rusher. I'm not saying that you have got to change your entire scheme up in order to best suit just Dylan Stewart. Obviously, it should never be the case where you create an entire defense around just one player. But in this case, I do think that how Dylan Stewart factors into your defense for the future, that should play a role into deciding what kind of defense you're going to run. Because Dylan Stewart, in my opinion, as soon as he steps foot on campus this next offseason, he will be the defender that has the most potential out of anyone that is a part of this football program. In my opinion, he's got a chance to be a future first-round draft pick heading on to the NFL. A 3-3-5 defense is not going to best utilize his skill set. What, you're going to put him as an outside linebacker in that formation? You're going to have him line up on the inside half of an offensive tackle? He's not going to be able to do much of anything in either of those situations. He's just not going to be able to. So, that would be a massive drawback with having a 3-3-5 base defense. Deron Willis also, in my opinion, would fit that description perfectly. Same kind of description as Dylan Stewart. Now, let's talk about another scheme that some fans might have already brought up, and certainly one that I think, personally, would be the best scheme change for this defense. And that is running a 3-4 base defense. Now, this defense would maybe not fit as many guys just by a small margin compared to, say, a 3-3-5 defense. But the thing that I like about the 3-4 defense is you would still have a mixture of linebackers and defensive linemen that would fit this scheme. Obviously, you've got to have that. But also, you would get more out of potential pass-rushing play calls. You could get a Dylan Stewart to play the outside linebacker position. Jerron Willis as well. They could both play the same spot. You could have, say, a weak side outside linebacker in potentially Wendell Gregory. Maybe a guy that's not always rushing the passer, but somebody that is used to playing sort of on the edge right outside of the box and usually kind of situates himself not too far away from an offensive tackle. That would be perfect for a guy like Wendell Gregory. Stone Blanton and Debo Williams, they could both just slide on in and play essentially the two inside linebacker positions. You could still have guys like TJ Sanders, Tonka Hemingway, Boogie Huntley, and Nick Barrett. Those guys can man that defensive line up front in a 3-4. And also, here's the other thing I like about the 3-4 defense as a potential option here. You can still use the 3-3-5 formation as a supplementary formation. Basically, kind of how South Carolina's operating with that formation right now, you could still use it, but you'll just have the 3-4 as your base defense rather than the 4-2-5. Now, again, like the 3-3-5, there are a couple of potential negatives with making this particular change. 
The first one would be, you would be testing your depth, admittedly, at a couple of linebacker positions. Now, I do think in this situation, if South Carolina has all their guys that are currently on the roster coming back for next year, that means Muhammad Kaba continues to play football despite the horrible injury luck he's had. That means Donovan Westmoreland, maybe some other guys, don't transfer out. If all that plays out in South Carolina's favor, then you would have three linebackers at a couple spots. But there would also be two spots where you would only have two linebackers, which means if just one guy goes down, all of a sudden you got to start moving some guys into different positions. And obviously that would not be ideal for South Carolina. So you would have a little bit of concern in that regard. The other thing would be you would have to make some really tough decisions on the back end when it comes to your secondary. South Carolina, as I've talked about now several times, the safety position, it is deep. The problem is, if you run a base 3-4 defense, you only can use two safeties on the field at one time, unless you want to start putting a safety at one of the outside corner spots, which I would hope that that does not happen, because if you get to that point, then there's another problem formulating on that side of the ball. But let's say that they don't get to that point. You have to choose between Nick Emmonworry, DQ Smith, and Jalen Kilgore. Only two of those guys can play at one time. Now, when it's a 3-3-5, you can play all three of those guys. It all works out great for you. But, in that case, you might have to hurt someone's feelings a little bit. Maybe that's DQ Smith not playing every single snap, and Jalen Kilgore gets put out there. Or maybe you don't know where to put Nick Emmonworry. Maybe he's such a unicorn in terms of what he can do defensively that you don't know if maybe it would be best to always have him at that safety spot. I'm just throwing that out as it would be a potential quandary for Shane Beamer and whoever the defensive coordinator and coaching staff is and is comprised of if you make that type of schematic change. And that leads me to the final part of this discussion. Shane Beamer, it's all going to depend on sort of what he wants to do with this defense moving forward. I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, as a small business owner, you always want to be 100% certain that you are bringing in the right people to fill out all of your roles in your small business. And for some people, that's not always the case. Maybe you've got a pet sitter who's actually never dealt with dogs or cats before in their life. And you also probably don't want someone who's not good with technology to be an audio or video editor for you. If you're having trouble finding the right people for your business, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs today. All you got to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions still apply. Welcome back to this edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Now, to put a bow on this entire conversation, let's discuss how Shane Beamer 
fits into this situation here. Because obviously, you know, when it comes to actually running the defensive scheme, Shane Beamer is not going to be the guy that's going to have direct oversight on that. Shane Beamer, he wants to be more of the CEO type coach that can sort of just overlook everything in his program, be able to handle all this stuff on the side so that his assistant coaches don't have to deal with it. But it is going to be up to Shane Beamer to figure out how he does want this defense to operate moving forward. Here's what I mean by that. South Carolina's got a lot of talent right now in that secondary. Now, I know that they've had their moments this year that have been pretty ugly in certain games. Mississippi State obviously comes to mind. The Florida Gators, that matchup comes to mind as well. Missouri, they certainly have had their low moments. But I don't think that's all because of the players themselves. Again, I really truthfully believe it is the way that they have been utilized or misutilized in this case this football season. So let's say Shane looks at that secondary and he still has a lot of faith and belief in the guys that are back there. You got a lot of guys that are growing up. You got a lot of guys that are getting a year of experience this season. And he decides, I still want this defense to have five defensive backs on the field at all times. If that's the case, then you probably want to switch to a 3-3-5. Even though that means there's going to be certain guys that are either currently on your roster or they're going to eventually join your roster that probably would not best fit a 3-3-5 defense. Not every player is going to be a perfect fit in whatever scheme you decide to run with moving forward should you make a change in the 2023 offseason. So if Shane Bieber decides he wants to lean on his strengths talent-wise and he looks at the secondary and says, that's the most talented position group on that defense, we got to lean on those guys, then by all means, 3-3-5 is probably the route that he wants to take. Bieber could also sit there and say, though, that from a mentality standpoint, maybe he wants to have a defense that is going to be more ferocious in terms of their pass rush. You know, maybe he doesn't want to put the onus of the defensive responsibility on his defensive backfield. Because, again, it's fine to have all these talented defensive backs. You know, obviously with Nick Emmonworry, DQ Smith, Jalen Kilgore, so on and so forth. But... Those guys are not right in the middle of the action on every single play. It is still important. As much as, you know, it is difficult to get sacks these days, and maybe the pressure rates have dropped considerably because a quarterback can throw a simple swing or screen pass, and just like that, the defensive line, they are kind of taken out of the play. Even though modern offenses have changed so much and made it more difficult, you still need a absolute unit of a defensive front if you want to be a serious contender both within your conference and also within the sport of college football. And right now, South Carolina, they just don't have that with this current defense. And that could be a potential defense of this current coaching staff. You know, hey, we don't have the dudes at maybe the defensive end position right now or maybe guys that they still got to come along a little bit more. So maybe Beamer still feels like, okay, we got to be better in that aspect. So let's switch to a 3-4 defense. A 3-4 defense, it will allow you to do a lot more schematically in terms of trying to dial up certain play calls where you can get yourself a free rusher, where you can utilize athletes like a Dylan Storm. Maybe a guy like Brian Thomas Jr., he actually transitions quite well into more of an outside linebacker 
pass rushing type of role. In that case, then you would put a lot more of the defensive responsibility on that defensive front. And again, you could still utilize a 3-3-5 depending on the situation, but you aren't going to live and die by that. So Shane Beamer, make no mistake, obviously if he does decide at the end of the season, and I have no information on this, but if he does decide that this program has to move on from Clayton White and they need a new voice that's leading the defense, Yes, the hire itself is going to be important. But what's just as important is what Shane Beamer thinks will be best for this defense moving forward. And that might sound like a very obvious talking point. But you see where I'm going with this conversation. There's a couple different routes that Shane Beamer can take. It all just depends on what he thinks is going to be the strength of this team, not just this next season in 2024, but in 2025, 2026. Establishing an identity is important, but as we have seen with South Carolina's offense in 2023, it is also important to cater your scheme around the strengths of your unit. Offensively, clearly, it is Spencer Rattler and also Xavier Leggett, which is why this season you've seen a massive step in improvement from that unit. The metrics might not all agree with that, but the analytics cannot tell you about all the offensive line injuries. And it cannot tell you about that 2020 recruiting class that has caught up to Shane Beamer and the staff. I should say the 2021 class. But Spencer Rattler, being the guy that he is, you know, sometimes it is best to keep it simple, stupid, and just cater your game plan around your best players. Don't worry about the opponent. Worry about what you got. Dow Loggins has done that, and that is why you've seen some really good outings from this unit this year. Defensively speaking, if you think that the strength of that unit is your secondary, maybe a 3-3-5 is what you need to run. If you believe that you are getting more talent up front, and you've got a good enough group that you can run a 3-4, then by all means, pick the 3-4. My point here is, it is not a clear-cut answer in terms of what South Carolina has got to do. But I'm also not going to sit here and just say, well, they need to get rid of the 4-2-5 and then not provide you any potential options. That's That was my whole point of today's show because I went down such a rabbit hole on Monday when I started to think about what South Carolina could possibly do with this defense this next year. Because again, I think we all can agree changes have got to be made on that side of the ball. Vanderbilt game aside, Cannot let that sort of cloud what all has happened before that game took place. So, what are your thoughts on South Carolina's defense as of right now? Do you think that South Carolina should stick with the 4-2-5 and that it is a talent and depth issue? Or do you think they need to change to a different base defense? And if so, do you think maybe the 3-4 would work best or the 3-3-5? Or is there another formation maybe you would like to see them run a lot more often? No matter what your thoughts are, leave them down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on X at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show right here on the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.